Hello and welcome to our third episode of the Utah College Republicans podcast. My name is Kwok. And I'm Josh. And this week we're talking about the COVID vaccine, aren't we, Josh? Yes, we are. And uh, Kwok, I know you wanted to begin this week by uh, flexing your science muscles <laughs> and uh, showing us how much you know and teaching us a little bit about how this vaccine works. Because I think most lay people like me just know that needle gets stuck into our arms and something happens after, right? But if something of this <laughs> importance, we should at least know some of the scientific basics. I'm, I'm very glad that, I, that my um, um, scientific background actually comes in handy in places like this. But yeah, so I'm gonna get a little bit into how this thing works. So the COVID vaccine is an mRNA vaccine, as many people know. And in simple terms, mRNA basically acts like a template for assembly of a specific protein. And these vaccines contain these mRNA molecules enclosed in lipid nanoparticles, which are like envelopes that protect the mRNA from degradation while it's um, being delivered to the cells. And um, when the mRNA molecules inside of the cell, the cell will start making spike proteins, which are proteins that are found on the surface of a coronavirus. And um, these spike proteins will be presented on the surface of the cells where our immune system will recognize the protein as foreign slash an as an antigen and trigger a primary immune response. And during the primary immune response, plasma cells in your, in your, in your um, body will form antibodies for specific spike proteins and additionally, it will form memory B cells and memory T cells. And upon re-exposure at a future, future time, these memory B cells and T cells will recognize the same antigen and respond with a much stronger and rapid immune response. And this is called a secondary response. So the vaccines are helping to develop that strong secondary response when you're re-exposed to the antigen, in this case, the coronavirus. So most of us have gotten vaccines before, right? We get the flu shot every year. We get a whole, whole load of them in our first few years when you're young. How is this similar and how is this different from vaccines we've had, most people have had previously in their lives? Well, this is a novel vaccine as, um, this is an mRNA virus, vaccine, excuse me, mRNA vaccine. So this is a different mechanism on how we actually make a lesser effective or a, a um, um, less potent form of an antigen that doesn't affect us as much when developing this immune response. And, um, but the mechanism on how we actually develop the secondary response is exactly the same. It's, it's, it's um, yeah. So, so what you're saying is that the mechanism to get this into our bodies is different, but the end result, immunity, and, and some of the sort of steps that we take to get there are very similar or the same. Exactly, yeah. Perfectly. Okay. Perfect. Well, that's useful background to know. So I wanted to talk, while Kwok wanted to dive into the science, I wanted <laughs> to dive into the numbers and um, just talk a little bit about where Utah is compared to the rest of the country and where the United States is compared to the world. Um, we wanted to talk a little optimistically in this episode. We think there's a lot to be proud of. Um, in terms of vaccine. It doesn't mean we should all walk outside and throw a big party yet, but it means that hopefully at some point in the foreseeable future we'll be able to. Right. Um, so I just crossed. Yeah, so I just <laughs> wanted to break down um, Utah's vaccine distribution. So in terms of the whole country, um, and, and the statistics I care about here is the percentage of our supply that we've used. We've used 81 percent of the supply we've received from the vaccine manufacturers, which puts us about 10th 
in in the United States, which is pretty solid. Um, most of the states larger than us or ahead of us in this list that I'm looking at tend to be smaller states. Um, so I think we should be pretty proud of how we're doing in terms of vaccine um, distribution. For those of you who want an update, about 12% of the population has received their first dose here in Utah, and about 5% has received um, both doses. Um, for reference, the United States as a whole, um, about 14% have received their first dose, and about 7 That's great. have received um, their second. So we're actually behind, um, behind those national average numbers, which are... Uh, which is interesting. Yeah, and, and Josh, I, I think that um, Utah isn't, do, I mean, we're doing well in terms of vaccine distributions. And the United States, I mean, we're administering about an average of 1.5 million doses per day. So we're doing good. And with the support from the federal government and, and different states just um, manufacturing, I mean, excuse me, different states distributing vaccines at a faster rate, we're only going to, um, it's only going to get faster from this. It's yeah. only going to get more rapid. And, and I really like how the um, vaccine distribution is going in Utah and the plan for these vaccine distributions, because, you know, we're, we've clearly prioritized healthcare workers here. We've, you know, um, we're now giving it to teachers and um, individuals ages 65 and older. And I think this is good. It prioritize, and, and one of the things I like about this plan is that it priorita prioritizes teachers and it makes sure it makes sure that our kids are back in school, mm -hmm. that it's on the plan for reopening. And yeah, I, I quite like this. And and yeah, go ahead, Josh. There's there's a lot to be proud of here. Again, we're right. still behind in terms of percent of people getting the vaccine, um, which is a little disappointing. But what's important is that we're doing a good job distributing the doses we have. Right, we're not seeing logistical backlogs. It means that our state government has set up an effective system to get these vaccines to people that is working when compared with other, working well when compared with other systems in the United States. And you mentioned education there, and I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about Israel and sort of the global right. um, comparison of countries. So for those who don't know, Israel is the global leader in vaccine distribution, um, with, with other major countries following them being the UAE, uh, the United Kingdom and then the United States. So we're actually doing very well. We're doing better than, again, all of Europe except for the United Kingdom. We're doing better than the overwhelming number of countries on Earth. Really, the small the only, nations. Only yeah. those three countries are ahead of us. And yeah. yes, they're, they're smaller countries. Yeah. Um, and Israel um, just last week announced that in many places of the country, um, Kids are going back to school at an elementary level. That's great. They're going back to in-person um, education on, on a broad scale all around the country in places where vaccine distribution has been successful. And this gets at Israel's overall approach to the vaccine. And, and some elements of this are possible in the U.S. Uh, there are some lessons to be taken, but there are also some things Israel's doing that I don't necessarily think should be applied here. Um, there are entire approach um, from the beginning that the country's been very wary of uh, of COVID. They've locked down multiple times and, and there's been, you know, not a lot of, there's not, it's not a big COVID denial country, right? They've accepted the threat, they're locking down. Um, but at surrounding the vaccine, their messaging has been, we can get the vaccine, you take the vaccine, 
and we can return to normal, right? Once we all get the vaccine, and and um, the country is using vaccine passports um, to verify who does and doesn't get the vaccine, right? And they're using those to determine whether or not people can do certain activities. Um, and this is where it gets a little controversial when you start to talk about things like vaccine passports. And it's interesting because um, the government is currently, I mean, there have been talks about vaccination mandates in, in multiple nations and in this country. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I personally want to go um, really focus on this issue because I think this is not just an issue of freedom, but this is um, a one possible mechanism to get people vaccinated. But I personally don't think this is the best way to get people vaccinated. So personally, I oppose vaccination mandates by the government because I don't think it's the role of the government. And I strongly object to the notion of the government injecting people's bodies with substances that they do not agree to. You know, people have the right to control what goes into their body and that is their fundamental right and choice. And I personally think that one of the reasons why vaccination mandates would be so inefficient is that government has a strong interest in trying to get as many people as you know vaccinated as they can and that that should be their you know focus but you know i think that i think that this is um um uh this is their focus and this is a i support this effort and and you know vaccinations are the quickest way you know in the safest way of how we go back to normalcy but the government should consider what method would allow for more people to get vaccinated and i think that vaccination mandates when we are forcing people to get a vaccine is only going to make people more adverse to the vaccine and raise hostility from the citizens towards their government and i think instead of the government instead i think the government should try to prioritize the trust of the citizens towards their government and I personally think one of the reasons why people are against getting the vaccine from what I've seen in clinics and where, where I work is that they're scared. You know, they have a limited trust in science. And I think the government should instead focus on education and transparency of the vaccine. The government should just, you know, put more money and support in the education for these vaccines where you show how the vaccines work, show the rigorous testing requirements and approval processes for these vaccines. And you try to convey that the vaccine is safe and will have no significant side effect. I had the vaccine. I had the second dose about three weeks ago. And, you know, I had, you know, I felt sick, but I'm still living here and talking to you guys. So mm -hmm. it works. And, you know, I want to see more community health classes and more materials online that really emphasize the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. And look, this is really interesting to me because Education is so important. I think that's the number one focus from the government because education is a means of creating long-term trust, right? Because mandates are only going to be effective for one time in trying to force people to get the vaccine. However, education, knowing how the vaccine works, how the development process is, that will only garner the trust of millions of people towards our government and our scientific communities. And that's only going to create long-term relationships and, and trust. And I think that's gonna make vaccinations easier in the future. That's why I support educational efforts by the government. Yeah. What do you and, think, Josh? I would add to that that there's a fallacy that a lot of people think that a vaccine mandate would get more people, would convince more people to get the vaccine. Oh. 
And if you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who, for whatever reason, doesn't want to get the vaccine, they, they have medical objections, whatever, um, doesn't matter. If you put yourself in the shoes of that person and then imagine all of a sudden the government is telling you you have to get the vaccine, right. I don't think that is going to make uh, most people any more willing to get it. No. In fact, if anything, that might make them less willing it, and it would be counterproductive. I, I absolutely agree. You know, it's, it's as I've said, it's creating trust. It's, it's, it's where, you know, the unknown is what creates fear, right? The unknown is what creates fear from, you know, or am I going to get any severe side effects or am I going to, is my body going to go wrong if I take this? Mm -hmm. This is where education comes in and says vaccinations are safe. They're developed in a really, um, their development of the vaccines are very rigorously done. And, and it's, it's based off on our American ingenuity. We should emphasize this. And, and look, as I've said, education is a long-term effect. It is a long-term solution. Mandates are short-term. And the government should just focus on getting the trust of our own citizens. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, I'll add to that that on top of your anecdotal experience, and I encourage everyone to talk to their friends, their family about experiences getting the vaccine. I think that helps all of us build a little bit more trust in it. When right. we see people like Kwok who get it, talk about how painless it was and how, how glad they are <laughs> to have it, you know. Um, but on a macro level, you can look at the entire country of Israel, which has administered almost 8 million doses so far um, to its population, and they're not seeing any major side effects. Um, you know, they're not seeing any, any toxicity. They're not seeing other illnesses. You know, people are complaining that their arms are sore basically, and a few people like Quok are, are, are getting a little sick after, which is to be expected with most vaccines. You know, that's nothing new. Right. Um, and I'm glad that um, right now corporations are have already started to incentivize vaccinations of their employees. You know, they're paying for their rides, Uber rides to the vaccination centers. They're paying for the time that it took to get vaccinated. I mean, for me, it, it, it is kind of hard because because of the demand. It took me, my, se my second dose took me an hour to get i think it was over an hour actually and you know it's nice that the employer employers are more um are becoming more conducive to um help people get vaccinated and um or they're even giving bonuses to employees who got the vaccine and i think government should do the same is that they should throw people a carrot right they should make sure they should incentivize vaccinations and make sure that you know and this is well better perceived by the people than just saying you have to get it. See, this is where Quark and I might disagree a little. I'm not sure um, the government or even potentially companies for that matter need to necessarily incentivize people to get the vaccine. I think that people should get the vaccine because they want to. And that's what we're seeing in, in Israel is that they've had this long, um, their PR message from the start has been we get the vaccine, we can reopen our business, we can go back to work, we can go back to school, and we can go back to life as normal, right? And, and that's pretty clear reason for people. People are like, well, I wanna go back to life as normal. I, I know I certainly do personally, right? And so I wanna get the vaccine so we can all do that. And uh, I'm almost disappointed to see that in the United States, we haven't had um, as clear of a message about the vaccine and we haven't been as good about communicating to people that this is the way back to normalcy. And part of the problem <laughs> is, is people like, oh, I don't know, Vice President Kamala Harris, who right here in the great state of Utah, 
um, only a matter of months ago in her debate with Mike Pence said that she would not take um, a vaccine approved by President Trump. Oh, um, that was that was that's part of a line from from her debate. And and you oh. know, following that, you saw all these headlines: Kamala Harris won't take a vaccine um, approved by Trump. You know, and and that kind of way of talking about the vaccine is bad for everybody because all of a sudden it, it <laughs> politicizes oh, it. Yeah. It politicizes something that should not be politicized. Right. And and it, it turns this into a partisan issue and it creates distrust in something that is really going to make us successful. It's something we should be proud of Absolutely. as a country that we were able to do this so quickly. You know, I, um, a few days ago, early, early this week, um, Dr. Fauci, um, I don't remember if it was in an interview or a press conference or something. Mentioned that it's it's po- it's possible that Americans will continue to wear masks into uh, 2022, and that we will achieve some degree or or a significant degree of normalcy, whatever that means. Um, you know, it, it, implying that we still need to remain careful. In fact, Fauci's been telling people, and and a lot of our public health officials have been telling people. That even after you get the vaccine, you still mm-hmm. got to be careful. We still can't right. socialize. We still have to wear masks, right? And I think that's the wrong message. It is the wrong message. Well, the right, the right message is: is you get the vaccine. Enough of us get the vaccine, and as they're doing right now in Israel, we'll safely reopen, and, and it'll be fantastic. We can return to life as normal. I, I I somewhat disagree with you on that because you know as vaccines, it, well, first of all. Vice President Kamala Harris saying that she'll not take a vaccine that was developed under the Trump administration. As you've said, it only politicizes science. And look, science is science. To, to be clear, she said she wouldn't take a vaccine approved by Trump. Or, sorry, but, excuse me. But um, that is my mistake. However, this vaccine was developed under the Trump, Trump administration, and it was developed in record time due to Operation Warp Speed. And, you know, this was clearly a public and a private partnership of a more well-funded program that helped develop this vaccine in record time. Mm-hmm. And remember, this vaccine wasn't rushed. Yep. It, no corners were cut. It, it was just that the development was based on prior research and preliminary findings and that there were more money, more minds at this. And this was de- well-developed. And also from that, and we should be proud of that, that we, you know, Pfizer has a 95% um, um, success rate and, 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 and the Moderna vaccine has a 94.1% efficacy rate. And that's absolutely great, right? However, they're not perfect. So I think till we know that herd immunity has somewhat been reached, I think it is not the worst idea to be cautious and still have these um, safe social distancing guidelines and and. and masks um uh, wearing masks um uh in place i that's just my thought but yeah well um where was it gonna go with this one thing i'll add is again i think that the public relations message here is really important to get people to to take the vaccine to tell them this is our path back to normalcy i'm not seeing nearly as much as i would like to be seeing from the press about how successful this vaccine is how, how cases are dropping precipitously, how deaths are dropping precipitously, how huge proportions of our most vulnerable populations are now basically immune to the vaccine. Um, you know, in terms of, of 
scoring political points. I'm concerned that the Biden, as a Republican, I'm concerned that the Biden administration is going to try and make this sound like their success, which is not to say that Biden and those working his, his administration might not deserve any credit for what's going on here. But Trump's kind of gotten thrown under the bus, it feels like. And, you know, we have these two vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, and I believe more doses have been administered of the Moderna vaccine, but I wouldn't quote me on that. Um, and, and one of them used the warp speed funding and one of them didn't. And we've got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine coming down the pipeline, which is going to be a big help because it doesn't require, um, it doesn't need to be frozen, unlike the other two. And it's a single-dose vaccine, um, which is, which is going to be big. And, you know, it's, it's an impressive step in U.S. medical engineering and it really should, this is our path back to normalcy, and people need to understand that. You know, we're, we're seeing these dramatic drops in cases and deaths, and nobody's really talking about it. I, Josh, I can't agree with you more there, because um, I want to, I agree, I want to see more community health classes. I want to see more materials online that really emphasize the success, the effectiveness, and the safety of this vaccine. I really want to see that more than anything. And and one of the things I was pretty, um, um, uh, well, I agree with, however, I want to see more of is that the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill that was passed yesterday or on Friday, this had $350 billion to state and local governments to keep frontline workers employed, you know, for, for also for vaccine distributions, for increased testing, for reopening schools, which is great, um, and, and maintaining other vital services. But I want to see a fund or, or money allocated for community health education and rural outreach programs because, quite frankly, Utah is, uh, outside of our Salt Lake Valley, it gets pretty rural. And these rural communities are more vulnerable to these sicknesses and, and to the pandemic, and they have been. We need to, we need to have a way of d distributing these sort of vaccines and doses pretty quickly and, and, and rapidly, but also effectively. And I want to see a rural outreach program and, and community education. I want to see more employment of, you know, expansion of health educators and online education. And look, I think this matter of the vaccine has been politicized for, as you mentioned, but it's now time for the country to unite on, because we could all agree on science when we could all get behind that this success of American ingenuity what it, is is due to our, our is due to our um this success is due to our american ingenuity and we could all get behind that we, we could all you know we should all try to take this vaccine we should all take this vaccine excuse me and it is the only way to normalcy it is the only way how we could achieve herd immunity and reopen safely and this is incredibly important because unemployment is being filed at a record rate weekly it is, we have, you know, we have a pandemic called COVID, but we also have other pandemics that's occurring with COVID, and that is unemployment. Just families failing to f put food on the table. And that's a pandemic, not being able to provide for your family. Going back, get, getting back people to work, getting, you know, incre increasing um, productivity in our economy. That's crucial. And to do that, the fastest way for that is our, our vaccinations, in my view. Um, yeah, any thoughts, Josh? I agree. Vaccinations are the best way back. And with the stimulus bill, which hopefully we'll talk more about what's in there at a different time, 
Um, but a lot of focus on the stimulus bill is kind of we need to get money to people, right? People need help. You know, Biden riding in on his on his horse, coming to to save the day with with checks and increased unemployment and what have you. And I'm concerned that the government and Congress and a lot of our news as a result might be focused on the wrong objective, which is <laughs> which is it feels like we're still at, you know, four months ago um, in the depths of the pandemic um, with cases at high levels advocating for money to people, which is something I can get behind in those conditions. Right. But now we need to be for looking toward the future. And, exactly. and the future is not one where we have to keep our businesses closed, right? The future is not one where people need to rely on money from the government Absolutely. to to provide for their families. The future is one where you and all your coworkers have gotten the vaccine. You can go back to work and you can say, no, Congress, I don't need that money. I don't need that money. I can make it for myself because we're back to work and, and I'm getting a paycheck and I'm self-sufficient now. And, and we've gotten through this. And that's, that's more of the messaging that I want to see as opposed to, um, you know, we're struggling and we need help from the government. Not that people aren't struggling and not that help from the government isn't appropriate for some at this time. But I think um, we, we really need to embrace this forward-looking perspective that, um, you know, we, we've been having these multi-trillion dollar uh, <laughs> spending spending bills, packages, yeah. it's not sustainable. No. Right? And you and I as young people should be really concerned it about that because debt. it's gonna be us that have to repay this debt. <laughs> and 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 we need to we need to eliminate this norm and I really think it should be sooner or la- sooner rather than later. We need to eliminate this norm that one point nine trillion dollar spending packages are okay. Uh, I I really, you know, it really concerns me as a young person for a future economy because, you know, in our annual budget, even paying an interest on a already, what, 29, 28 trillion? I don't know how much it is. I mean, I don't think anyone would at a given time because it's growing so quickly. But it should be daunting that even interests on this loan is going to stall and have devastating effects on our economy. But to Josh, I, 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 you know, I quite like parts of this $1.9 trillion um, um, spend stimulus bill. It scares me. The America, America Rescue Plan, this is called, it scares me, right? Like the, the amount scares me. However, I like how this plan is actually um, um, has $20 billion earmarked for a national vaccination program. And um, this actually launches community vaccination centers around the country and mobile units to hard to reach areas. I quite like the, these kind of things. And this bill also provides $170 billion to K through 12 schools around the nation and college and universities to help them reopen and, 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 and operate really just safely in terms of, um, um, and this also buys PPE and other types of um, um, you know, gear so that people could, these schools can reopen safely. And I like those kind of parts in this bill and I support this. Um, but I, I agree with you, the spending bills like, $1,400 stimulus checks every, what, two months, three months to Americans, that should be concerning to everyone, in my view. Well, I agree. And yeah. we'll, we'll finish this up on, on a positive COVID note that um, we're seeing more and more vaccines here in the state of Utah. And for those of us um, here and indeed around the country, it's fantastic to see um, 
we're we're hearing more and more about teachers getting vaccine priority vaccination, which will be fantastic. Kids will be able to get back to school. Um, you know, it's been sad to see a lot of kids missing out on, on as much <laughs> of a year as as much as a year uh, of schooling. Right. And I think one of the priorities going forward is going to be local officials making sure t- schools get back um, effectively. Um, but, you know, something to be optimistic about, that, that some of these biggest troubles that we've been dealing with, and, and, you know, perhaps most importantly, our most vulnerable populations are pretty significantly vaccinated right now. And, and we, can right. look, we can look at these things and we can say it's been a rough year. You know, half a million deaths is absolutely tragic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely tragic. But, um, you know, looking forward, it's not like we haven't gone nowhere. You know, there's there's there are reasons to be optimistic. There are reasons to feel like we've been through the worst of it and and we've struggled together as a country, but but that things will begin to get better. Yeah. And I and and as Josh really summed it up quite nicely, vaccinations are absolutely the quickest way to normalcy. And the further we drag this out, the further we keep our economies locked down, it's only going to affect the most vulnerable of our population, and that is our poor and our low-income citizens. They're the ones that are getting laid off. They're the ones that need to risk their lives going into service in-person work. And we need to get people vaccinated as soon as possible. We need to get our economy on its feet again. And I've gotten it. I'm a conservative, but I'm also a man of science. I trust the scientific community's achievements on this. And I really encourage all of you As I'm speaking to you right here, right now, after getting the vaccine, fine and healthy, I hope, I encourage that all of you guys get it as well. And I know it could be daunting to a lot of you that this is, you know, this is a first of its kind. This is a novel vaccine. However, this was backed up by previous research. This was a, you know, research on these vaccines have been done for, for decades. And this is a just a really great American achievement that we should all enjoy and that should lead to our prosperity and around the world. So thank you for listening and we'll come back to you next week.